You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Well, amen. It has been good so far. Good singing, good fellowship. Thank all of you who have come up and talked and introduced yourself. I'll be sure and remember your name. I'm telling you, when you go like this, if you're around somebody for a while, you'll remember. Go ahead and take your Bible. Be turning to John 21, Gospel of John chapter 21. Preacher, thank you for having us in. And uh, never been here before. All I want to do is be a blessing, but thank you for having us in and, and uh, confidence in us. I appreciate that more than you know. But it's been good already. Been able to fellowship with your preacher. And my, he has got so many, so much the plans for your, your, your church and, and your, your life. If the Lord doesn't come back, y'all going to get busy. It's just going to be, you're already busy, but it's going to get even better than that. John chapter 21. Would you stand with me? We're going to read just a few verses to begin with here. John chapter 21. I want you to look down, if you will, to verse number 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, unto Peter, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said to him, Lord, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time. Now let me stop here and say, I do not believe that the Lord's trying to remind him of the three times he denied the Lord. Not at all. I don't. But he's teaching a great lesson here. Watch. By the way, whether he was trying to get him to remember it or not, he remembered it. Okay? Because he was part of it. Look here at the, uh, uh, with me. He, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. By the way, does the Lord know who you love him? Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. I want to preach on this subject. Listen to me carefully because we'll get away from it real quickly, but... The greatest responsibility of the local church. The greatest responsibility of your church. Father, we love you. Thank you for the privilege and opportunity to take the Word of God and, Lord, to share it with the people of God here today. And, Lord, I stood in church years and years ago unsaved. Thought I was saved, but wasn't. But sitting in a church service, hearing the gospel, hearing the Word of God, I fell under conviction. And Lord got saved, gloriously saved, born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, followed the Lord and believers' baptism. And then within seven months, you called me over 40 years ago into your glorious gospel ministry, of which I am so grateful. But I pray that because there's others here today that may not be saved. There's some who need to be born again, be saved today before it's eternally too late. There's others today, Lord, that have been saved and yet, Lord, need to hear from you this day. Please help this preacher to bring a message that will get a hold of their hearts on your behalf and help us to do the things that you would have us in our own personal lives do today, the business that we need to do with the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. 
I want to preach on that subject, the greatest responsibility of the local church. Now, I know you're sitting here thinking, what would that be? Some might say, well, it's worship. That's what we're here to do today. We're here to worship the Lord. And that is certainly our responsibility. And by the way, we need to have more sincere worship than some churches are having today. I think you're a good uh, 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 example of that here, having the worship of the Lord. Some might say, well, Lord, if that's not it, said, I know what it is. It's the Great Commission. And, you know, the Lord gave us that Great Commission. And, and several times he uh, gave the Great Commission to the uh, people of God and to the church of God. And, and, and it's true. Great Commission, missions, uh, outreach all over the world and home and abroad is certainly our responsibility. No one else, no other people, no other movement has been given responsibility except for the children of God and the local church ministries. J.P. Markin, and don't worry about this man's name, it's a long book that he wrote, but he wrote a book on the point of no return. And he says of one of his characters in that book that this man knew all the little answers, but he missed all the large questions. What are the large questions of life this morning as we begin? The Bible presents them well and gives to us a lot of information that we'll not have time to delve into. But here's one. If a man dies, shall he live again? Job wrote that. Job 14, 14 uh, uh, he, he even answers his own question later in Job 19. And here's what, here's what Job said of his question. If a man dies, shall he live again? He said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, listen, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. This is Job, oldest book in the Bible. And he knew this in that time. God had to have revealed that to him. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at that latter day upon the earth. And by the way, it's so true. It's coming. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, Job said, yet in my, hear me, in my flesh, he said, shall I see God. Unbelievable. He said, who I shall see for myself, mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. I don't know if you know how powerful that is. From the oldest book in the Bible who really wouldn't know much about God, much about Christ, if you will, except that God revealed it to him in that day. But then you and I have a similar passage to look at, and it's this. 1 John 3, 1 through 3 says this. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And he goes on in that verse and says, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Given an eternal hope for each one of us who know Christ. The Bible says, what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Dr. Howell years ago had a message, and there's no way I could ever imitate that message, but it was just powerful. Homiletically, you and I could apply that to a lost person. But more than that, it's written in Mark 8, 36, as having have lost our identity. And ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of our churches that have lost their identity today. I'm talking about our brand. I'm talking about our people. And there are a lot of Christians within some of these churches that have also lost their identity. Let us be careful not to lose our Christian identity in this world in which we live. 
Another question, what is your life? James covers that. Uh, he writes many messages on that. He tells that our life is a vapor that appears for a little time. And when it vanishes, and then it vanishes away. Folks passing away at all ages and in various ways, we know that. I've done them ever from, uh, uh, from stillborn to a 96-year-old man and everything in between for all types of re reasons. Drive-by shootings, etc. Uh, 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 and, and there's just so many other, other people that died that we dealt with in those days. We're to be accountable to God, every one of us. We understand that. Here's another great question. What is man? I love this one. What is man? Psalm 8, 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visit him. Is it not amazing you sometimes you stop and think, what in the world does God want me for? I mean, my goodness, my daddy used to say, boy, you about as dumb, you know. And, and, and yet, <laughs> I'm thinking, why would God want a dumb boy, you know? But that's God's love and God's mercy and God's grace. And he wants everybody to be born again, saved, ready for heaven. He wants you to live a life that is, that is a wonderful life and an honoring life unto him. Here's another one. What would you do with Jesus who is called the Christ? Be careful how you answer this one. Because in Matthew chapter 27, 22, listen to me carefully, in response to that question, they all said unto him, listen, let him be crucified. I believe you'd agree with me that there are big questions in life even today. But there is no greater question for a child of God than one that Jesus asked Peter in our text here as we go back and look at it. He said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And don't miss this now. No greater question could ever be asked of any child of God here today. So in John 21, I want you to look at something with me here that I believe will help you and be a blessing to you. John chapter 21, and look down, if you will, with me to uh, uh, verse number, well, let's see, let's start in verse number 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes, 150 and three, and for all there were so many, yet not, was the, uh, not the net broken. Jesus saith unto him, Come and dine. Jesus was on the shore. He had received them on there. Peter and the others had gone fishing. You can fill it in as you read the chapter later. And he said, None of the disciples asked him, Who art thou, knowing that it was Jesus? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them fish uh, likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after they was risen from the dead. You know, when I read that verse again this morning before coming to the church today, I, I was overwhelmed again every time I read that, that this was now the third time after Jesus, listen now, I showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. He had uh, been uh, crucified, buried, and, and risen from the dead, and now three days later they're still not listening. Three days later, Peter and the others are out. You've heard the stories. He's out fishing. He's out back in his old way of life, if you will, out there. They come on the shore. The Lord's got a meal cooked for them. You, you guessed it, you know, bread and fish. He's trying to remind them uh, of their ministry and, and, and their life with him prior to this very day. But I thought, you know, and I know what you're thinking. You think, man, it wouldn't take me three times to listen and, and get it right. Really, really. So everyone in here is tithing. Everyone in here is a soul winner. Everyone in here lives a separated life unto God, a holy life. How many times do we have to listen to the man of God when he preaches the Word of God, and, and it's the Word of God? How many times does it take us to get it right? So be careful how, how, how we say, well, if I'd have been there, I, I'd have believed him immediately. Really, it took three times for the Lord to show up after he had risen from the dead to get their attention 
And we go right into the story here. Look at verse 15. The Bible said, When they had died, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lamb. Now listen to me carefully. Does the Lord know you, you love him this morning? You see, he does know. He knows exactly the, 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 the love you have for him, the love you have for his Bible, his word, his book. He knows the love you have for the will of God. He knows the love that you have for souls. He knows every bit of that. But he's being asked here the, the third time here as, as he's talking to him, got them together. He said, said, Peter, lovest thou me? Now listen to me. He said to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He goes on to say to him again the second time, verse 16, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Boy, this is unbelievable here. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Listen now, Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. I believe he's wanting to know if Peter loved him, don't you? Do you know it's what he wants to know from you today? He wants to know, do you truly love him? He's not just a crutch. He is your Lord and Savior. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. He wants to know how much you love him today. And can I just say there's some ways and just looking at the clock, but some ways that I want to give to you that we need to love him. This will settle a lot of other areas in our life, in our work, in our longevity, in our momentum as we talked about in Sunday school. So let me just go ahead and dive into it this morning and give it to you. Number one, Christ wants our love supremely, supremely. Again, verse 15, he's talked about it with Peter there. He said, more than these. And our Lord's first question to the apostle Peter was, Simon, son of Joel, lovest thou me more than these? That phrase, more than these, is an interesting one. In fact, it's been the subject of debate since it was first written uh, 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 in the Bible. What did Jesus actually mean uh, by those words, if you will, more than these? Well, there's been a few thoughts about what that meant, and I just throw a couple out at you. Some have suggested that the phrase had reference to the boats and nets that were nearby. And it makes a good thought here. All Peter, listen, Peter had been a fisherman by trade before Jesus had called him to be an apostle. The boats and the nets represented Peter's old way of life. They're laying on the bank. It represented his income. It represented his fellowship. It represented the importance in his life, if you will. It represented his former occupation and, and listened to, and it represented his principal form of family recre recreation and other things in life. It may be that Jesus was saying to Peter in that day, and listen on purpose here, do you love me more than your old way of life? Do you love me more than those old friends you used to run with? Do you love me more than your very occupation that you were involved in when I called you? Do you know that sometimes one or all those areas have hindered even our own lives here today? We need to make sure in our accountability to Christ and to our God that we are, listen, that we love Him sincerely, that we love Him with all of our heart. And I don't think that's the case in many, in many uh, uh, Christian lives. Some have suggested that phrase, more than ease, had reference to the other disciples. 
Andrew, his own brother, his own brother, was there. James and John, fellow fishermen that were with him on that day. Others who have been through trials together and experiences that brought these men together in a close brotherhood, if you will. Boy, for something we need today, we need a close brotherhood and sisterhood, for that matter, within the the movement of the uh, uh, independent Baptist movement today. They loved their country. They loved their land. But he wanted them to love him more than all the above. Do you love Jesus this morning? Now listen to me carefully. Be careful how you answer that at, at the beginning. I used to have people hold their hands up and I, hands would go up because everybody will raise their hand and say, I love the Lord. But do we really love Him the right way? Hold your place there. Go to Matthew chapter 10 quickly. Matthew chapter number 10. This speaks of all of it right here. It, it's, it's just revealing In Matthew chapter number 10, down in verse number 34, Think not that I've come to send peace on earth. He said, I've come not to send peace but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth life shall lose it. He that loses life for my sake shall find it. You know what he was looking for? He was looking for total, complete, listen to me, love for him. Do you love him supremely? Do you love him before anything or anyone else? You remember what Luke said in, in Luke 10, 27? He said these words, just listen. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as I thyself. Now, answer this question. Do I love the Lord supremely this morning? I believe we already know, but just in case we don't, that word supremely, supremely, it means highest in rank or power. Paul wrote it in the book of Colossians when he said in Colossians 1.18 that in all things he, Christ, may have preeminence. That's obeying his every command. That would be things we've already mentioned this morning, soul winning, tithing, giving, loving, going, etc., etc. Others have suggested that, that the words more than these that Jesus was speaking of may have been saying, do you love me more than these other men love me? I don't know what it was in that day. Nobody really knows. He just looked, looking to see if we really love him or not. Do you love the Lord this morning? Do you love him with all of your being from inside out? We talked about our, our life, if you will, this morning in Sunday school and how we can lose momentum in loving and serving and, and being used of God. And hopefully we can get that back during this revival and, and not have to worry about that again for that matter. But understand this, understand this, God's looking for people that sincerely, truly, supremely love Him, period. By the way, that's the only kind of love he'll ever be satisfied with is supreme love. Secondly, Jesus uh, 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 desires that we love him actively. Look at John 21, 15. He said it again. So when they had died, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of, uh, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than thee? He said to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, What? Feed my lambs. 
It's amazing. He goes on and talks to him about feeding my lamb, feeding my sheep. And then again, in verse number 17, uh, feeding my sheep, he wants him active. He wants him busy about God's business, feeding uh, the children of God that are in need of the Lord's word and the Lord's work, if you will. Speaks of labor. Speaks of service. Speaks of the Great Commission. Speaks of soul winning. Speaks of missions at home and abroad. Local church work like many of you are involved in. Loving others, if you will. And by the way, loving others is the best expression of your love for Christ. Christ loves us and still does in spite of us. But in every instance that we read in this chapter here that Jesus asked Peter, lovest thou me? Don't miss this. Watch this truth here. Jesus gave Peter a work assignment. Wasn't it Jesus who said, if you love me, keep my commandments? You know, he talked about lambs and sheep here. Lambs represented the little children who needed to be taught, who needed to be trained, who needed to be guided. And you've got a good program for that here. Talked about new converts, baby Christians, even older Christians could fit this group. Sheep represented the more mature Christians who needed to continuously be challenged and fed and nurtured through the Word of God so that they can become workers themselves. What Jesus is saying is profound and is clear here. If you love me, then go to work. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the best expression of your love for God is to go to work and be faithful. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. If you can get there in a hurry, Ephesians chapter 2. And you know this well, but Ephesians chapter 2, and look down if you will to verse number 8. You know it well. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, watch it now, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. You and I have been challenged by God. That's showing the love of God. That's what the love of God is about, is being obedient and faithful to the Word of God and to the challenges of God for your life and mine. You know, we've all heard talk is cheap, and the cheapest of all talk, by the way, i found over the years is religious talk. You know, we can talk a lot of talk, but are we walking what we ought to be walking? You know, our Lord is not interested in just mere words, if you will, and don't miss this. He wants love demonstrated. He wants love in action. 1 John chapter 3. I want to read that to you as well. I'm picking as I go through here with the time factor here. But I want you to look at 1 John chapter 3. It is powerful. Our Lord's interested in mere, not, not interested in mere word but in action. Love demonstrated. 1 John chapter 3 verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need of, uh, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Oh, it's powerful. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. That's love demonstrated to others. And that expresses the kind of love Christ wants for you and Christ wants from us, if you will. Love that is demonstrated, love that is active, Love that helps to change others' lives to become like Christ. So do we love Him supremely? Do we love Him actively? Are we involved with our life? 
Many of you are. I've met many of you. I've seen you get off a bus. I've seen you working around the church. But God needs everybody. How many of you are saved? Say amen. amen. God needs every amen that just amen. And it don't matter what age you are. I've seen some older folk around here. I'm not going to call his name. He's out here pushing a vacuum cleaner. Amen. That's what I get to do. My wife gives it to me every once in a while. She wants me to vacuum the house. But I do like the lightweight. But I have to get one of them instead of that old heavy thing. Amen. But you know what? The Lord wants us to be active, to love Him supremely, to love Him actively. Can I say next, Jesus is looking for us to love Him openly. Look at John 21 again. Go back to John's Gospel, chapter 21. Watch this now. John chapter 21. Look at verse 17. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto the third time, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. And by the way, he does. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. He's looking for us to love him openly. Peter, this last time in verse 17, lovest thou me? Peter became frustrated over it. He said, listen, the Lord thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And he was right. Jesus knows. Jesus knows your heart and your life. I don't have time to get into all this, but let me just run over here and you just stay right where you are because I believe the Lord would have us to do this right now. You can write it down and look at it later. Psalm 139. I don't want you to turn there for sake of time. But Psalm 139 says this. Verse number one. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsetting, mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my past and path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Think about that. Verse 23 of that same chapter uh, the psalmist said, search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. He asked Peter not once, but three times. Don't miss this now. He said, well, why did he ask him three times? Why is it so important? Because Jesus wanted to hear it from Peter's heart and Peter's lips. And Peter needed to say it unto the Lord and, and, and that in the presence of others which he did with his, the other men around him. Don't ever forget this. What is felt deeply in the heart will always be attested to freely with the mouth. And so he followed through with obedient action unto the Lord. Total commitment to his life. How do you know that? Well, let me tell you something. When Peter finally settled the love question with the Lord, and you've heard these messages before, but the Lord handed the keys to the church unto Peter. How'd that go? I believe there was a day called the day of Pentecost. And on that day of Pentecost, you know, it's a Baptist church. There's always, we had about 500 yesterday. So he said about 3,000 souls were saved. Y'all remember reading that in the book of Acts? Huh? And they were baptized. Where did he put all them people? Think about that. I believe they were gathered outside of the old temple, or, or, or the, yeah, the temple there in the steps in the area had a lot of room there. But I thought, you know, they had a, 
over 3,000, about 3,000 saved then. Then they had 500 saved. And you go reading in the book of Acts, they had 5,000 saved. Then they had priests saved. All these people saved. I'm thinking, what church did they belong to? Look up here. There weren't any local churches like yours tonight at that time. There was 120 that met in that upper room that were sold out to God, that loved God, that did exactly what he's asking these men to do here. And there's so much more I could get into, but just the time not there to do it. But you ought to go back and read that chapter, John 21, and just kind of uh, take it in and see what God was looking for. He was looking for him, uh, us to love Him. Uh, hear me now. Actively. To love Him supremely. To love Him openly. If we just took those three and developed them, are we all right there? Are we loving Him openly toward others? Are we loving Him supremely? Is He above all other things? He's first, period. Do we love Him actively? Are we involved where we need to be involved? You know, there are some here today that you've been involved for a long time and thank God for that. But there's others here today that need to get involved, that need to sell out to God today. And there may be a reason for that. It may be you don't feel adequate. None of us are adequate without Christ. But with Christ, we're completely adequate. We're completely able to do whatever God wants us to do. To be obedient, to be faithful, to be active, to be soul winners, to be lovers of men's soul, if you will, to do all the above that Christ has left us to do. And what Jesus was doing as he wanted to do to you today is drawing out an open, unashamed confession of that truth from Peter's heart. Well, it worked. Peter went on to love people and to reach people and had that great day and other great days after that in the Bible where we read of it. But it comes back to that love factor. And hear me, when you fall in love with the Lord, we sing songs over and over again and all types of different songs we sing about it. But when you fall in love fresh with the Lord, and, and by the way, it might be a good thing just to kind of put it in your prayer every day. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, as a child of God myself, we wouldn't be where we are today in a wicked world in which we live if it weren't for the love of God. The love of God changes people. You're here today and you know Christ. You've been born again, gloriously saved. You follow the Lord in believers' baptism. Baptism has nothing to do with salvation other than you're baptized in the likeness of His death, burial, and resurrection. And that's just an obedient act of faith after you got saved. But then after that, it's a time to love God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind and be busy about God's business. Ladies and gentlemen, in this world that is so messed up, if there's ever going to be any changes made on God's, uh, it's going to have to come through us. It's going to have to come through you. You're going to have to love. Look up here. For God so loved the Do you understand? That's black. That's white. That's brown. Are you listening to me? I'm sick and tired of having to, to talk about that. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why your missionaries on the foreign field. But we got a lot of the same people they're reaching there, right here in America. 
and they need Christ. They need the love of God. They need to hear it. They need to see it. They need uh, uh, somebody to tell them about the love of Christ that they too can get saved. He said, well, boy, they're just, they're hard people. They're bad people. If God can't change their heart, you won't. But I wonder what God will do with us when we fall in love with him. What was it he did with Peter? Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. You know what he did? He told them, go to work. Take the love of God, the love of Christ to others. Peter did that. Many of the others did that. Your preacher is doing that. Many of you are doing that. But ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to have revival in the land, we're going to have to affect the land. And the way we're going to affect the, affect the land is to get out and take that love of Christ to others who do not have it. I got family members lost. I may never reach them, but I'm not going to stop. I got neighbors that I, I talk to all the time. I got two ladies moved in next door, and, and one of them's the partner. I don't know what they call each other. But you know what my wife did when they moved in? We could have put signs up, went around like this or whatever. My wife fixes some brownies. Yeah. You know what that is? That's the love of God. She didn't go for the lifestyle, but she said, you know, if we're going to reach them, I, I need to reach out in the way I can. So she took them to Brownie. Here a while back, they had a little bitty uh, a niece. Uh, I think she was about four or five, and she died from some disease. And when she died, my wife carries food to the house of two gay women. Are you all listening? That's the love of God being shown. And if we're going to affect and change the world, that's what we're going to have to do. And that's what Christ expects you and I. And that's what he expected Peter to do. Peter did a good job. And those who, who followed him. Church, if we're going to have revival, we've got to stay with the old stuff. We've got to be old-fashioned. We've got to carry the old-fashioned gospel, the old-fashioned uh, uh, love of God. All of those things have got to be a part of our daily lives, not just our church life but our daily lives, on the job, in our homes, in our families' homes, in our friends' homes, in our neighbors' homes. That's what's going to change this world. If there's any hope left in it, it's still Him. If there's any hope left in it, it's going to come through people who know Him. And so God wants to know, are we going to be the ones? Question in closing, do you love Him? Do you really love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love God? Because, ladies and gentlemen, love is what makes the difference. And I'm talking about God's love. And I don't know about you, but I'll be 70 year old come my next birthday here. And I want to love God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. And when I pass on, my family knows I don't want some horse on top of me. I don't want some statue on top of me. What I want by the grace of God, if I finish strong, I just want something put there faithful to the end. I want to be faithful to my wife to the very end. But I want to be faithful to my God to the very end. He says, does that mean you never messed up? Oh, man, we all got back, you know, trails that we should have never gone off into or something along the way. I'd like to think I've grown over the years, but I've been there. But I can sincerely stand before you today and tell you I love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my mind. Can you say that? Some of you here this morning don't even know Christ is your Savior.
God loves you. Christ died for you. It's not about going to church. It's about meeting Christ. It's about receiving Him as your Savior. And then church just gets sweeter after that. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.